The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. You want to write that on the card when I have yeah. to sign a card real quick? Yeah. Been there, done that. Got a shirt. Wasn't fun. I know. <laughs> you can get divorced for like 600 bucks downtown if you do it the cheap way. Hey. Wait, what, what, what's the expensive way? Like the expensive way is like lawyers shit? and all that shit. Yeah, that's a lot. But that's only if you have like stuff to split up and shit. Like me and my ex, it was like, well, how about you just take everything and I don't care. Bye. And I have the car. Peace yeah, out. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can have everything else. Just leave me my car. Okay. Oh, man. That's weird, dude. I, I don't know. Like, I, Aaron and I share a lot of things, but I, th- I don't even know. I don't know if I'd be that way if we were going to split up. I don't know if I'd be like, all right, we need to figure out what I'm taking, what I'm not. I kind of know what's my stuff. Like, she ain't going to want, like, Funko Pops and, <laughs> and yeah, cameras know, and lighting and artwork. And, you know, she ain't going to want this stuff. I know, but you and Aaron have, like, a, a healthy relationship. <laughs> 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 like, most people don't. Like, usually when yeah. it's a divorce, it's like... You're just this, this let's fight about it for 10 years and yeah literally ah. I was just listening to this podcast about this crazy ass lady who her husband was cheating on her and then she went all nuts after he left her and like married this other chick and she like fucking shot them both is this a story you're gonna tell me on the other <laughs> no, the, no 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 oh. no not, oh no okay. the story I'm gonna tell you you're literally gonna need a safe word like this shit is like a wow. lot like I had is it, there animal stuff in it no there's okay, not good. animal stuff but I don't it think is I'll need very a safe word then dude it's fucked <laughs> it's so fucked like usually i i play this stuff in my shop really loud and like yeah. the two older guys that i work with they love true crime mm-hmm. so like we'll all be listening to it and normally there'll be like little conversation in between you know like oh what the fuck this was silence everybody was just quietly listening to this podcast really <laughs> yes it was insane wow yeah i was like i don't even <laughs> and my friend was like, it just gets worse. Every time you think it's bad, it just gets worse. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. But uh, that'll be next time. This is yeah. Tube Time. I'm, I'm Chris. I'm Courtney. <laughs> next time we'll be doing We Interrupt This Program. But this is Tube Time. We're finally back. It's been a, a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but hey, we talk about it all the time. Life's crazy. I know. Life's mad crazy. I know. I had to get a new car. <sighs> There's been a lot of trash going on. You Work fill, is crazy. Filling in a lot on on shifts. Well, yeah, because we had like four people off in my shop all at once, and then the one guy who was already off, his mom died, <laughs> so now he's Dang. off for another week. So it's just been like trash. I've that been that sucks. Ugh. Yesterday, I literally got home from work. And me and Dev laid in bed and ate ice cream cake. And then I <laughs> hey. I fell asleep and I didn't wake up till like 7.30 this morning. <gasps> hey, you needed it though. I know, but you I was like, it. wow, that's a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, for me, just being busy with the stuff that I've got going on. We were going to record that one day uh, and then we postponed it because I had a chance to go film this this set uh for a band i was into so but anyway we're back we are we are back to talk about the show that um 
we were supposed to talk about a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I know. And you've seen it how many times? Dude, I don't know. I don't even know. I think I've watched it like eight times. Because every time we're like, okay, we're going to record. I watch it the night before. Yeah. And then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I've watched it probably about four or five times now. Yeah. So I have a pretty decent handle on what's happening in the story. When it started, I didn't. Dude, when it... So... I just want to say I was completely mind fucked from the very beginning because not only do we have a bunch of Chinese people running around, the very first line, like the first thing that you can understand is, do your tits have milk? (laughs) And with that, we're getting into Peaky Blinders. So Peaky Blinders, you said you, like I gave you a choice to watch this or The Soprano or and, and uh, Boardwalk Empire. You said let's check out this because Dev was like really into this, right? Oh yeah, dude. Like he loves just walking around the house going, "It's the fucking Peaky Blinders." <laughs> like I just I can't. It's a and, lot. And now, now I get it, right? So yeah. like I said, watching it at the beginning. I didn't really get what was happening until probably two-thirds of the way through the show. Then I was like, okay, I'm starting to figure out what's happening here. A big piece was unless you really listen to you know Irish or English accents a lot or you're watching it a lot, like it's sometimes hard to follow depending on the way they they speak, right? There's different dialects in 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 England. Um, so this one at first, no lie, because I, I had to turn the TV up because I was like, I can't understand what they're saying. It sounds like like mush mouth, like like marbles in their mouth. Yeah. What the hell are they talking about? I had to rewind a few times to be like, what did he just say? That's why I watch everything with subtitles. Do you? Yes. Sean does that too. My friend Sean Fritz. It's so much easier to like follow. Devin hates it. But for me, it's like I when I'm reading it and listening to it, I can hear it. But, but you're when, not seeing what happens in the picture. Like oh, I, should, I can see it. You're I just taking it all in at once. Oh, yeah, all of it. Like, <laughs> Interesting. I was going to do that, though. I thought about it. Yeah, I was no, like, I, I might do this. I might put this on. Um, but then, you know, like I said, I got a feel for it. And by the time I saw, saw it the second time around, I was like, oh, I, I know what's happening. I know what the story is. And uh, it's pretty cool. So the story takes place after World War One. Right, yeah, that's like, this era right before World War II is even going to start. It's like in the twenties uh, or I, or like thirties. I think it was the twenties. I thought it was nineteen twenties, something like that. Um, it's in England, right? And like you said, we open with the Chinese community. So there's an area of the neighborhood where it's the Chinese, right? And these this guy and this lady are running, and the one he's telling her to hurry up because they're going to kill us if we don't get there, and. This lady's carrying a baby, and they rush up to this other woman, and like you said, she hands her the baby, and she's <laughs> Do just your like, tits "Still have milk." I died. I was like, "Is that really the first line?" Like, and that little girl goes, "Uh huh." I know, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that weird?" I don't know if that's can is that a thing? Can you just like nurse another? Yeah, I guess you can. Okay, I don't know. I just thought maybe it was like a weird thing if you're like had. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't know either. I was like, OK, I guess you just pass it off when you're busy. You're like, you know what? Can't do it now. Can you do it? I'm Thanks. Here. Um, but so they're like, where, where is she going? And he says they called for her. Right. They called for her. And then we cut outside to like this alleyway. And you can see there's all these like it's kind of a, a rundown area of the city of the town. And this dude comes in on a horse. Well, not only does he come in, he comes riding in with this like dramatic ass music in the background. Oh, yeah. Like it's all like 
gray and just everything about this show i have to say they did a very good job like depicting oh so like this is also during the time like during the industrial revolution yeah. so there's a lot of coal and a lot of ash in the air and that's what it is right it's a very gray but did you notice at first i was like what's going on is it snowing it's not it's ash it's yeah. all ash just floating in the air that's crazy to think that that's what it was like i know and like but it makes sense why everybody in this era was just fucking insane like it was yeah. complete chaos like yeah. there was no chill yeah so who comes uh tommy is his Thomas, name yeah, we, tommy. which is what we find out but he comes rolling up on this horse and he goes up to these chinese people which they are so ridiculously Chinese. Like, <laughs> homie had like the fucking, he looked like Mr. Miyagi. Oh, they had, they had the clothes yeah. because back in the day, that's what they had. Like, they brought over a lot of the fashion that they had from that time, I guess. That's yeah. what it was like in China. I mean, I don't know. But uh, Tommy asks the girl, Are you this the fortune teller? Yeah. And she's like, Yeah. And he goes, Okay, I need you to do some shit. So he tosses her a coin and she blows some red powder on a horse after chanting and some shit. And you see these little like fucking shithead kids in the background with their (laughs) little like Oliver and company hats. And they're like, he's doing a magic spell. Yeah. So he can win a race. And everyone's <laughs> hiding. Like everyone's hiding but watching. Like they're peach- peeking through like little cracks in the windows and stuff, hiding behind the wall, like the corners of the buildings and stuff. Like nobody wants to be seen by this guy, right? Yeah. And she does. She blows it in the face and then she they leave, right? And then he says something. He says something about and he speaks out because he knows people are watching. He says to the ladies, You ladies, you know, this is this horse is gonna be running at this race at this time, you know. You're allowed to, only you guys can put bets. Don't tell anybody about this. And so he goes rolling away and all these people just come running out. As soon as he's like out of eye shot, they come running out and they're talking. And you know, they're talking all about Monaghan boy throughout Mm -hmm. the town. Because from the time it takes him to get from this alleyway back to his house where he yells at a fucking 10 year old to stop smoking cigarettes <laughs> which is ridiculous that's what it was though right like they smoked cigarettes like it wasn't a problem back yeah, then nobody thought about that he's like i'm about to be 11 though sir yeah. like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah 11. but by the time he leaves there and he gets to this place i like it because we watch him go through uh, a little bit of this this town that i forgot which town it is it's um birmingham is it maybe i think i can't I think remember so um, I'll look it up. But anyway, as, as you're watching it, you get a feel for, okay, this is the era. You see a lot of the coal mining. You see a lot of the the industrial stuff, a lot of flames shooting out of that one building where they were working. The dudes are dragging the bags of coal across the street. Oh, yeah. Everybody was a blacksmith. You've seen all of them fucking just huh, hammers. And why were they all doing this with no shirts on? Like, I understand that it's hot and all, but like, I would think that maybe for safety purposes, you would cover your nipples or something. They didn't something. think about that back then. Like, like there's no such thing as safety back then. You just did stuff. You yeah, know what but I mean? like, what and if you got hurt, that's just what happens. Like, you don't do anything to protect yourself from there's it. There's no steel toes in this. Everybody's Never. got sledgehammers, and <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. It is Birmingham, 1919, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, right after, like, literally right after the First World War. And, uh, so he walks into this room and yeah. there's just like phone calls flying everywhere, paperwork all over the place. And his nephew, I guess it is. Well, is John his nephew or a cousin or something? Uh, yeah, he's like a, a nephew or cousin. That's what I got out of it. And then his brother's Arthur. He's yeah. That's his brother. And I'm assuming the woman is his aunt. Like yeah, that's aunt? aunt Paul. Yeah, Aunt Polly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, 
check this shit out, all of these bets are getting placed for Monaghan Boy, which is the horse that he had. And just... they have a sister. Sorry, I think they also have a sister. Ada. Arthur and 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 Tommy have that sister. She's the the one that said she was a nurse or took yeah. nursing training or something at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's Ada. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they're taking bets. They're doing. You can tell they're running numbers. They're bookkeep. They're bookmakers. They're making numbers. Yeah, and everybody's placing bets on the horse that he just did the magic spell on, mm-hmm. and. Right when he had walked in and yelled at the kid about smoking the cigarettes, the kid was like, Arthur's pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And so as soon as he's walking in and talking to John, Arthur comes out and he's like, get the fuck in here. Yeah. And so we meet Arthur and we also get, so during this meeting, we get the dynamic between the two. They're brothers, but Arthur is the leader, the quote unquote leader of this group. Well, he's the leader by name. Right. Right, I would because say. we really know Tommy's the one that runs it. He's the smart guy, right? Yeah. And he's pissed. Arthur's like, "What the hell are you doing going around the Chinese? Like you're not so you should not be doing that." And he says, "What are you fixing races now kind of a thing? Like what's going to happen if you do this? How are we going to explain it to and he name drops somebody who I'm assuming is like a higher level kind of criminal in that world?" Well, yeah, because in any kind of criminal environment, there's a rules. symbiotic way to live. Yeah, there's rules you got to follow. Yeah. There are. And I mean, it makes sense, like what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing that Tommy does is he always makes his brother sound like he's a fucking idiot. Like he does. he's very chill, he's quiet, mm-hmm. he's very reserved. Like Arthur is the big loudmouth, mm-hmm. like ridiculous. And I like where he's like, you know, I'm the one that. So he said, we already agreed something along the lines of that you're gonna take care of running this thing, but I do the thinking. You don't have to worry about it, so you don't have to think. You just yeah. run it, and I'll take care of the rest. And that's what we immediately, that's how we are set that this is what's happening. But he's like, listen, he's like, it's not just this. Like, there's some shit happening. We're getting noticed that something's going on and somebody's coming down here from Scotland Yard or Scotland or something. Someone was coming. Yeah. Right. And um, he was coming from Belfast. Yes. Uh, After well, working with that's the right. IRA. That's yeah. right. Ireland. Sorry. And uh, Tommy wasn't about hearing it. He no. fucking walked out and was like, yeah, yeah whatever, like, dog. Peace. He's like, oh, well, I'm calling a meeting. I want to talk about this tonight. Excuse me. He goes, there's a storm coming. Yeah. And boom. As soon as this happens, all this like happy music starts playing. And like, you, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Tommy's theme music. It seems like every time he's about to go do some shit, mm-hmm. like they have this music playing in the background. So he goes and walks to the bar that he frequents yeah. and apparently protects. Yeah. And before that happens, um, that's when he cuts away, right? Because he says there's a storm coming, cuts away. We have a train coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so first of all, you know who this guy is, right? Sam Neill. Uh, no. Jurassic Park. I know who he is, but all I thought immediately was this motherfucker looks like the Monopoly man. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Monopoly like, I swear, man. all he needed was a monocle and he would be, mm. Bro, that's how they used to dress back in the day, though. Like, could you imagine? Like, can you imagine if that's how it was still today? Like, even here in America in the like 20s, 30, or 30s and 40s, like, men didn't leave the house without a suit. Yeah. You wore a suit. Like, you didn't wear a t shirt. Like, this. Is like I would be working the fields if I was wearing this. There was no way I'm walking down a city street wearing this. Well, no, because everything was about appearances back then. So yeah. you had to be like prim and proper at all times. But like some of these hairdos are fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, you mean like the guys with the shaved hairdos? The shaved the- on the side. The one dude that ate us fucking with his fucking stupid ass plush. He looks. <laughs> He looked like alfalfa. I was like, what is going on? That's their haircuts from those days. That's why alfalfa looked like that. He was around during those days. Well, it was terrible. (laughs) It didn't look great. 
Alfalfa was at least a child. It's like, uh, okay, he's kind of cute. This dude was a grown-ass man. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we get this train, right? He says, a storm's coming. The train's here. We see Sam Neill in it. Like you said, he's dressed to the nines, and he's got files he's looking at. And that's how we're kind of introduced to Tommy and his brother and what they are. Because it lists, like, that they were in the military, that they fought in World War One. They were in France. Um, and that, but they were also leader. Uh, one's the leader of the Peaky Blinders gang. The other one's the bookmaker, and this and that racketeering crimes, all this stuff. And then there's this third guy that they show, which is the guy that ate his fucking right. And then they cut to him, right, so that we can see who is this guy. And he's kind of like leading the Communist Party, like unionizing of of the uh, of the where of the in- in- industry there. The industrial revolution's happening. People are getting taken advantage of as workers, and he's one of these people that says, we sh- we can't do this. Yeah. We have to fight for the workers. He's like, let's go on strike, motherfuckers. Yeah. And at first they had him with a hat on. Comrades, they <laughs> say, he says. Yeah. You know? yeah. What was his name? Freddie? I think so, yeah. yeah. I'll look it up, yeah. But, so Freddie, he's just like, I feel like he's just a face. Like, even though they he's on the list, like, he's just someone that makes noise. He's not really anyone that does anything. I think it's because he he was with those guys in the war. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's why he's he's part of kind of tied with them and he's on the list because he they're just kind of guilty by association. Yeah. But we kind of find out that this dude is kind of a number one badass. Yeah. Like he's he a, he's a cop, but he's like a hard ass cop. Didn't and they say something about he cleaned out a lot of the IRA in in IRA, like in the part of the policy like government or something like he was a part of cleaning out a lot of them yeah and he was murdering motherfuckers left and right Yeah, he didn't give a shit how to clean them out he just cleaned them out yeah so uh once they show you freddie and like his whole vibe of starting a strike and telling everybody you know you're better than what little money you're getting he they show up at the bar where tommy is yeah and Tommy's just standing there talking to the bartender. Bartender's like, you know, anything you want on the house, everything's on the house. Tommy for him. still gives him money though. Did you notice that? Yeah, it didn't matter. He's just put money down no matter what. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, because Tommy's a, actually he seems like a really good guy, but <laughs> I mean, he's a criminal. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. We don't know. We don't know where else this goes. I'll say most of my family is yet. criminals, and they're really good people. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm not going to say anything about that. I mean, I'm full, all for it. So. Yeah, anything to take down the system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Tommy, he's just kind of chilling, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette, which everybody smokes cigarettes apparently all the time. And Freddie just happens to be in this bar. And this is where we see his terrible hairdo. Yeah. Like, it looks like he <laughs> he glued it down. Like, it doesn't move. <laughs> he's got to paste it down, dude. Yeah. It's like, it's like, he's not cute at all. You oh cannot be lighting a cigarette near his head, dude. No, but Freddie's got balls of fucking steel because he walks up to Tommy and takes one of his quarters that he put down to pay the bartender yeah. and orders himself a beer. And I was like... Which shows you how close they are, that they are very close if he has like the nerve to do that. Yeah. When everyone, when they see this guy come in, it's like, oh, don't talk to him. That's Peaky Blinders right there, right? Yeah. Freddie knows him. So I'm thinking they go way back, like when they were kids way back. Oh, yeah. So that's why he kind of has that kind of attitude with him. But okay. the whole point is, is he's going there because he wants to tell him. So like... This my sister or somebody I know is down at the Telegraph area, and they have this thing where uh, this whole list came from from London, and it came from uh, Winston Churchill himself. Yeah, when the secret at the time he's Secretary of State, Winston mm-hmm. Churchill himself, and he's like, yeah, he goes, what do you think they have a list of uh, 
with a with a racketeering a bookmaker and a and a communist or something like that together and he's like you know maybe what does he say he says something like he said maybe it's a list of uh people who some, of people, people who give, who give hope. hope yeah yeah who give hope to the poor or something like yeah, that yeah that's right um but he's like yeah well i also heard some other things were going down i heard some big thing happened in in in, in uh was it london maybe something but something happened right and he's mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. Yeah, well, Freddie is insinuating that Tommy did whatever this terrible thing mm-hmm. is, which we find out he did, in fact, do this terrible thing. He did thing. have a part in it, right? Yeah. Not actively, but he did. And right yeah. before anything else happens between those two, the door bursts open, and this dude just comes in and starts just raging, flipping yeah. tables, screaming, going absolutely bonkers. Freddie and Tommy grab him and they throw him to the ground and then they start to talk him down. Well, they go one, two, three. So yeah. it sounds like it's something they've done many times. Yes. And they're used to who this guy is and they know the guy. It's yeah. A, it's a friend of theirs, Danny. And he has massive PTSD. Yes, from the war. And he's basically having a flashback right now and he's yeah. going absolute eight shit. And when they calm him down, like you could see it in his face, even like how scared he is, and like how he just realizes, I just did it again, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I just went ape shit somewhere and scared people. And he's just crying. Yeah, I felt bad for that dude. I did too. I was like, ah, be- especially because it's not like he's doing it on purpose. Right. Because Tommy's like, you got to chill out. Like yeah. you can't keep on doing this. This isn't good. Yeah, you're not there anymore. We're home. We're back in London. Which. I get it, but in his head, it's not. Like, it's something very yeah. wrong, yeah. you know? But because they are not experiencing these things, they they can't understand it. Right. But Tommy's still, like, you can see that's his friend. Mm-hmm. Because w- after this happens, the bartender's like, what the fuck, bro? This can't keep happening. Like, yeah. you got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. And all he says is, just send me the bill. Like, yep. I got it. Peaky I'll- blinders take care of it. Yeah. And Freddie, fucking asshole, he's like, oh, maybe you should shoot him in the head. And I was like, bitch, how about someone shoot you in your goddamn scalp, you but fucking asshole? But he says asshole? the same thing. He says, maybe one day you'll have to put a bullet in mine, right? And I'm thinking, is this foreshadowing? Is this like going to come up in like season three? He ends up having to kill him. Dude, you know what I mean? When this was happening, this whole thing, I was like, this fucking loser. Like, it's just way too dramatic for it to seem real. Like, if someone did that in like real life, if I seen yeah. something like that happening, I'd be like, what are you, a fucking homo? Like, what is this <laughs> stop doing that you loser if you really yeah. want to be intimidating stop talking so much yeah true true um from there th- i like this little scene there's a quick little scene where we kind of get another dynamic of the family that has nothing to do with tommy right oh yeah yeah and it's his cousin or whoever the younger kid is he's coming out of a bar or down an alleyway and all of a sudden this woman pulls a gun on him and just points it at his head and he's just frozen right he's like oh shit and she's basically like the fuck is wrong with you? You left this loaded gun laying around. Little boy got it. Well, no, she tells him, look at the gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he turns and looks. And this little asshole, he's got like a fucking toothpick yeah, in his mouth. He's like he's just a little cocky. douche canoe. Yeah. You can tell he's like 18 years old. Yeah. And um, she's like, whose fucking gun is this? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I left it somewhere. I must have been drunk and left it laying around. Yeah. And then she just fucking molly whops his ass. Just <laughs> whop. And he like screams, oh, what the fuck, Aunt Paul? Yeah. And she's like, fucking kid had this and almost shot your cousin's tits off or something. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, I ever see this again. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. So you kind of get this dynamic and who she is, right? Well, she's a bad bitch because she mm-hmm. tells him, I get that having four kids without a woman is hard, but my boot's harder. So hey. let's fucking go. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, so then we get the meeting where they have a meeting as to what's happening. What 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 are we gonna do? You know, there's so and so's. Wait, did that happen yet? No. Well, Arthur, uh, they go to the meeting and Arthur's yeah. telling them like, "Hey, this cop's coming into town. Yeah. Um, he's looking for communists and this and that. And this is kind of when we found out IRA that, communists. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that like that we should be worried about and? Everyone's like, nah, nothing. And well, Tommy, who everybody knows that he's fucking lying, like he says, oh well, I found out about this guy. He'll fucking kill you. Um, a lot of the people from the IRA came here mm-hmm. to run from this guy. Like he, he just ain't shit to fuck with, pretty much. Yeah. And Arthur's just, yeah, whatever. Fuck this guy. Eh, we're the cops. Uh, John's like, oh, we're we'll the Peaky see. Blinders. I'll fucking cut the smiles. And yeah. <laughs> fucking loser. Yeah. Then we get a cut over to him arriving. The the cop arrives, right? He is brought to the, he comes to the police force or wherever it is there. And um, he ba- all the men, all the police force is there. And he has this little, like, little speech that he basically says, you know, He's coming here to clean the streets. He's coming here to get rid of the Soviets. He's coming here to get rid of the gangs. He's coming here to get rid of the IRA. Uh, and he knows that none of these men can be trusted, that they're yeah. all a part of it. And he said, the only way that you're going to continue to be in this job is to earn my trust. And he goes, and that's going to be hard. And then all of a sudden, door opens, and a whole set of new men come in. And he goes, these are the men who are going to be working the streets now. And these are the men that are going to be a part of your your you know your numbers Good luck. And yeah. so he just walks off. He's like, God help anyone that gets in our way. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because homie has like the biggest stick up his ass ever. Like yep. he is no joke. I would never want to be his daughter. Like you could tell he like plays no games. Mm-mm. So as this is happening, they kind of cut back and Aunt Paul kind of tells Tommy that she knows he's full of shit. Yeah, they're in the church. They're meeting at the church. She wants mm-hmm. to meet him at the church. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you sure? She goes, because I think you have something you want to tell me. Yeah. And the way she does it is so funny. She's like saying her prayers or whatever. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, God knows all. Mm -hmm. God wants you to tell me what the fuck you're doing. And Tommy tells her like, hey, so this guy may be in town because he's looking for some guns that I just so happen to accidentally steal. Yeah, so what it was supposed to happen is men were supposed to steal. Uh, he was gonna. He had a deal to move motorcycles, four motorcycles with petrol engines, in London, and he had his men go steal these crates where the deliveries came in. Except they must have been drunk because they picked the wrong crates, and they ended up being crates that had all of this artillery for the fucking army, England's army. They stole their fucking artillery. He said 10,000 rounds of ammunition. Oh Jesus. And it's like insane. fucking thousands of guns. And I was like, what the fuck? And he pulled out a musket like, cuz like they yeah. you know they show it and it's like the biggest gun I've ever seen in my entire life. She turns around in the pew and starts beating the shit out of like, smacking him like crazy. You kidding me? Like what the fuck? And, what do you think you're doing? And she tells him like, you're smart. You're yeah. a thief. And a bookkeeper. You're not a fucking idiot. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And the thing she says is, um, I can tell that your mother's common sense and your father's devilment is like warring within you. She goes, let your mother win. Uh Get rid of those fucking guns. (laughs) Yeah. Because also she's like, we don't need that kind of heat around here. We need to do our own shit and not have people poking around. Exactly. Like they have a good thing going here. Like they have control and power and whatever the fuck they're going for. Just chill out. Yeah. 
And he's and like, all right, I'll take care of it. I'm going to, we'll go, we'll dump him. We'll go dump him on the, on the banks somewhere. Yeah. But he's not doing it tonight because it's a, it's the moon is still out and he's got to wait till the moon's gone. You know? So she said, fine, four, four nights. If you got four nights, get rid of him. He's yeah. like, all right. Then we cut to his sister. Who's sneaking away. Fackin' Freddy. Yep. Meeting up with Freddy. And that's where we find out they're seeing each other. And they're seeing each other without the others knowing. She makes a comment about, like, if my brother ever found out. And he's just like, yeah, let, her try. let him try, you know. Yeah. Uh, he wants to go to the, they want to go to the theater or go hang out. And she's like, well, we could just go another town over. And he's like, listen, Peaky Blinders are everywhere. Your, your brother knows people everywhere. They'd find out. We can't go anywhere. Yeah. So they just start making out under a bridge. Yeah. And she's like, I ain't fucking you under here again. Last time I got covered in mud. And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Freak. Especially because she walks around in like a white jacket. Like, bitch, maybe if you were trying to sneak around, wear a black jacket. Yep. Something that'll get less dirty. Yep. But <laughs> Then Arthur decides he's got some two girls he wants to go to the theater with. <laughs> he goes into the theater. And meanwhile, we're watching like cops coming too. It's like this back and forth of him and the well, girls did, in the theater. Did the chick come yet? Oh, no, that's right. The chick first. Yes. Yeah, so this is good. Next, you see a, a lady walking through the town, this really gray town, and she has on this suit that's green. Mm-hmm. And like it's a very bright colored green. Like you can tell that she's a very new person. Long, blondish, like reddish hair. Yeah, super pretty, like blue eyed, just. Mm-hmm. Not commonly found in these this area. Not like, this dingy area. No, she's way too clean to be walking through those streets. Yeah. And she walks right into that bar. And she's like, hey, dog, I'm looking for a job. And he goes, are you retarded? Yeah. He's like, mm, yeah, you're not getting a job here. I would never do that. I'm not throwing you the wolves, basically, is what he's saying. Which, to be fair, if she wasn't like a secret spy or whatever the hell she is, um, I could see her her issue because like I had the same issue when I went to go work with my warehouse and he's they're like you're a woman and I'm like (laughs) but I think it's because he knows how rowdy it is there yeah and also there's something that Tommy says to her later when he first sees her but that's the mentality like if you're looking like this the only reason you're in this bar is for something else yeah not to actually work this bar she wants to be a barmaid yeah and in those days the barmaids went around and they picked up the glasses brought the drinks but apparently also they cleaned out the The dip spit the, the, the spittoon buckets, dude. Ugh. Oh, dude, when she was pouring those. And, and it was she... like falling on her hand. Oh, my God. I was literally gagging in bed. I was too, dude. I'm just feeling oh, I'm feeling sick thinking about it. I was like, it. this bitch has balls of steel because never would I, especially the way she was pouring it. And she's like, he's like, you can't handle this kind of crowd. So she's like, let me show you. And she just starts singing. And she starts singing and doing that. And he's just like mesmerized by her voice. And she did have a very nice voice. She did. Um, but that's the point. And she's just like, yeah, every bar I've ever worked in, I've been able to calm them down with my voice. Well, no, she said or something like that. She said, when I was in Ireland, they used to, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to be No, it's accent. good. It's, it's so awesome. When I was, <laughs> <laughs> said when I was in Ireland, I was, <laughs> my singing would make men cry and stop them from fighting. And I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's good. she said I was practicing that this morning. No, was, uh, <laughs> you just walk around the house saying yeah. it. I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing. No, okay. but yeah, so he's just like, all right, you got the job. And and um, she does, right? Like, we see her work in the bars, and Tommy comes in to get a, uh, a bottle of rum. And uh, Oh, no, no, not yet. He doesn't get the rum yet. But we have to cut over to Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, 
So, Arthur. Now we're at Arthur and his ladies. Yeah, so he goes and he walks into the movie theater with two bitches on his arm. He walks by the whole line. There's a whole line waiting to get in. No one's letting these people in. They just let him walk right in. Yeah, and he goes, you see, ladies, when you're a peaky blinder, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Now Basically. I want a blowy from the both of you before anybody gets in here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and just as the one girl starts going down, the cops come in and just yank him right out of that chair. Well, as they're yanking him up, he goes, that's right. Go ahead, doll. Take it out. Whip it out. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? This is really quick. <laughs> and she was really going for it, too. I was like, yeah. all right, I guess. Whatever. Arthur's got it like that, even though he's weird looking. But <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm Martha Shelby, you motherfuckers. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> they start beating him up. Dude, beating him isn't even the word. Like, homeboy broke his fingers and all that. Yeah, like, well, the cops beat him up first and brought him to to, to Sam Neill's character. And put he, they throw him down in the chair. And he says to him, first thing he says is, you know, I know who you are, this and that. He goes, I want you to tell me about the robbery. Guy's like, what robbery? He doesn't get, Sam Neill's like, okay, whatever. Grabs his arm, pulls it behind his back, grabs his pinky and starts yanking it slowly. Ugh. And then he goes... Something like, I'm only going to ask one more time. What? Tell me what you know about the robbery. He's like, I don't know anything. And he just fucking breaks his finger, just snaps it right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, when Screaming. he was doing that, oh. I was like, oh, no. Like, no. And then <laughs> dude's like, I really don't know anything. Arthur's just like, dog, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't do that again. I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, all right, I guess you're. I guess you're telling the truth. Well, he goes, I can tell you're telling the truth. You're a fucking idiot. You're just a <laughs> big bloaf, a yeah. fucking brute. Yeah. Which, I guess it's fair that he did kidnap him because he really didn't know anything. Right. Like, so even then, though he's the leader of the Peaky Blinders, quote yeah. unquote. But he basically says, you know what? I think you guys can help us though. He goes, like, what I could do is make sure every one of you Peaky Blinders is dead by the end of the year. He goes, or you can help me. And that's where you're just like, help you. Cut over to Tommy coming into the bar. He's coming to buy a bottle of rum. And that's where he first comes in contact with the barmaid, whatever her name was. Grace. Grace. And this is what I was saying. He She says something. to He tells her, you know, it's on the house, whatever. She says something to him. And he looks at her and he goes, are you a whore? <laughs> when he said that, and I was like, <laughs> she didn't even react. I would have been like, excuse me, what? Yeah, she's like, No. He's like, oh, no, he does. She doesn't say. She doesn't anything. say anything. He just goes she because just if you're not, him. you're not in the right place. And then she just shuts the doors, and yeah. I was like, "Dog, that's a lot." But that's what he was trying to tell. Like the bar owner was trying to tell her, like, "Trust me, this is the kind of place that, like, if you're here for that, it's not gonna fly." Yeah. Ooh. So anyway, he's getting that bottle of rum because he's bringing it back to the house so that Arthur can drink it because he's getting fixed up after having his sh- the shit kicked out of him. Well, and he's just like, this dude is not fucking around. Well, he no, wants to work with us. He's covered with blood from head. Literally, yeah. his hair is soaked in blood li- yeah. all over the place. And the, the exchange that had me fucking dying, though, <laughs> is he's sitting there and Aunt Paul is like trying to wrap up his finger. And Ada goes... I'm a certified nurse. And he goes, my face hurts. Don't make me laugh. (laughs) And John says, you took one first aid class at the church. 
and got kicked out in the middle of it for giggling. <laughs> and she goes, not before they taught me how to stop someone from choking. <laughs> and, and Arthur's like, well, I'm not choking. She goes, you will be when I put this cloth around your neck. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but that's awesome. I love it because you do see the dynamic, how they all interact with each other and shit. Um, but, yeah, so now they're there and he's just like this dude's beating us up. He's trying to, he's saying there's something went down and something was robbed and it's not a big, it's not good. And Tommy's just like, Oh shit. Right. And Arthur's like, but he wants us to help them, help them find who it was. And their cousin, the, the younger guy is just like, fuck the coppers. We don't work with cops. Fuck them. Yeah. And Arthur's like, no, I think this would be a good idea if we do. Cause Tommy's he's like, like uh no. Well, Tommy doesn't even say anything. No, He's but just you can see silent. his face, dude. Yeah, he just like looks down at the ground, and Arthur's and like, Aunt "What Paul looks the up fuck?" At him. She's all looking at Tommy, like, hmm, "See, mm-hmm. see, you better get rid of them fucking guns, dude." I know, but she still plays like she doesn't know anything. Because Arthur's like, "Well, what the fuck? We don't have a hand in this. Yeah, why don't you want to do it? It would be in our best interest to right. do this." So we cut to later that night, Tommy is meeting with the guys that were going to go dump the guns. And he basically says, they're all there. The guy's like, yeah, they're all there. He goes, all right, um, changing my mind. I want you to go put them in our warehouse or storage area over here. Dude's like, what are you fucking crazy? What are you doing changing your mind? Are you sure? He's like, yeah, do it. And this dude's like, motherfucker, they have an army. And he goes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So now they're going to have to pay for what they want since right. they showed us how much they're willing to do for him. Yes, exactly. Um, so now we know he's not giving the guns back. No, but he tells Aunt Paul, who's like, bitch, the full moon is gone. Did you get rid of him? He's yep. like, yep, I did the right thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what she says. Did you do the right thing? He goes, I did. <laughs> Which for him, he did, right? Yeah, but... She knows he's full of shit because she turns around and she's like, bitch. <laughs> um, there's then what happens next? Next is. Is it what's his name going crazy again? Danny going crazy in the streets. Is this one? I thought we run into Ada fucking what's his face again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing. That's right. There's a quick scene of that happening. Freddie and Ada. And uh, right away, he's just like, so what's going on about, did you hear about the robbery or what's going on with this thing? And, yeah, he's and like, the, what's what's the family meeting about? Which What's going on with the Peaky Blinders? <laughs> Which is annoying because it's like, why do you keep asking her that? Yeah, you know something's going on with him too. He's uh, he's he's ready to stab some backs himself. Oh, yeah, especially because like the second they're done fucking, he's like, so what was that meeting about? Yeah, she's like, are you serious? I know. And but she still tells him, yeah. which is stupid. It's like, okay, I get it. You're all in love or whatever, but yeah. stop being a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like he's asking you questions about your family for a reason. Exactly. Your crime family. Stupid. Exactly. But so after this, we kind of see that like their relationship is a little more serious than it was depicted initially. Yeah. Cause like at first it just seems like they're just fucking around but like it seems like they're actually a couple and like in yeah, love true um we also see tommy has an opium thing that he gets oh into. yeah dude i was like what the fuck i'm sitting there and i'm looking at it and i was like what is he smoking opium yeah yeah which i have seen opium before and i have to say that it does look kind of like that like yeah. it does look like a tarry substance yeah but i don't know if it's as malleable i never touched it but yeah 
it it was definitely kind huh? of that color. He's just doing. He was smoking some, and then he has that dream about being in the war with Danny and Freddie in the tunnels, like fighting in close quarters and some really like horrific shit going down. Right? Yeah. Which I wanted to know if that's actually what a opium hallucination is like because I don't think so. I personally don't, just from my own experience with psychedelics. Yeah. Generally, it's not like you're sitting there and reliving memories and shit. I like, think it was a dream. Just he slept, not even just a hallucination. It was just an actual dream. Yeah. Because I think it just knocks them out. It knocks you out when you're on opium, right? You just pass out. You fall asleep. I don't I mean, it's a psychedelic. Is it? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. It, it does something. It has some kind of an effect on the mind. Because every hippie that I've ever met that's done it, it's it's for the, I don't know, the, the journey. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, now we're at a museum. It's really nice paintings, and we have Grace. She's walking around the museum looking at the paintings. And then we have the Monopoly Man. Yeah. Campbell. Mr. Campbell's his name. Yeah, Mr. Campbell. Mr. Campbell shows up, and they start talking, and now we know, holy shit, Grace works with him. Grace is a secret agent, man. She is, dude. And she he's basically saying, you know, have you found any information and this and that? And she's just like, I haven't gotten too much stuff, and... Basically, that something comes up about the IRA, and he he's like, I don't want you to get clouded. I don't want your emotions to overtake you because her the IRA killed her family, right? Yeah, and well, so, it killed her father. Her father. So, but she's a number one badass because she was like, I don't know what history you're talking about. Just because they killed my dad don't mean shit. Yep. And she's like, well, just because you interrogated the quote leader, I don't think you really did because Tommy's the leader. Yeah. But I don't know if he really takes that into account. Yeah, I don't know. Because it seems like he's like, he's kind of using her as like a, have you ever heard of like the Russian sparrows or whatever yeah, they yeah, are? Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of using her like that where he's mm-hmm. like, get in there, get as close to him as you can. Get me all the info you can. Yep. Yeah. Because we're going to take them down one way or another. If they're part of the communists, if they're with the IRA, or if they had something to do with the guns, we're taking down these people. Yeah. But I don't know. Part of me is wondering what's going to happen because in her interactions with Tommy, you can kind of see that there is some kind of a weird like tension so it's like a attraction i'll yeah. say um there's a moment where and i think it was a little earlier where danny went crazy in the streets again he was yeah. he was having a little mental breakdown he ends up sitting at this little cafe outside on the chair and the, the guy comes out the the owner of the bakery or cafe or whatever it is is like you need to get out of here go on and go crazy go crazy man go not even just that. Homie pulls out a knife when he does this, yeah. which if you see a guy crying and fucking saying they're going to get me, maybe don't pull out a knife. And on this him. is a little Italy section of this area. And so you can see like all these Italians with their like gangster looking suits in the and their fucking and bow ties. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, Danny sees the guy with the knife and he just snaps and wrestles him and ends up getting it, stabbing the guy himself. You know what I mean? Putting the knife into the guy. But then once he realized he did that, he kind of runs away and he's like, oh, fuck. But you see in the background two really tiny Italian men with bow ties, yeah, and a mustache, yeah, with the I mean, super nice suits. They had the hat all yeah. cooked to the side like the old school gangsters. I was just like, oh god, oh, this is not good, right? No, not at all. So, uh, yeah, that happens. There's a scene also when what's her name is singing in the bar. Grace is singing in the yeah, bar. Yeah, I was gonna say. So after this whole situation with Danny and all that, we cut back to the bar and. Tommy and John come walking in, but like Grace is singing and the whole bar is singing with her. Yeah. But as soon as Tommy walks in there, everybody stops singing and turns around. But she continues and finishes her song. Yeah. Crazy. 
and the bartender's like, there ain't been sinking in here since the war. And Tommy's like, why do you think that is? Yeah. I was like, damn, this dude's seen some shit that's fucked him up. Because even the bartender said something about it earlier. Like when he asked about her being a a, a, a whore, um, he said something along the lines of, you have to understand, like, if any of these men decide that they want you, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And he goes, but lucky for you, Tommy hasn't wanted anyone since the war. So, you know, it's fucked him up big oh, time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you so. can just tell with his demeanor, like he's very closed off. He doesn't actually have any friends. Yeah. Like he's always by himself. Like everybody else, there's any any scene you see them with, they're interacting with other people like in more of a social it's way. kind of a solo man going through this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Making all his decisions himself. Yeah. And like being very obvious about it because yeah. everybody knows him. Yep. So after that, t- Tommy has to take care of business because Danny killed the brother of some Italian mobsters. Yep. And he walks him over to the canals and he's like, you know, I have to do this because if I let the Italians have you, they're going to cut your thing off. They're going to like they're going to do things to you that we wouldn't do. Yeah, he's like, so in order for this to go as cleanly and as easily as possible, I told them I would kill you. I hope you understand. Yeah. And Danny actually does. He seems like he's, he's like, like he, I'd prefer to be you, really. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, just don't bury me anywhere where there's mud. Take care of my kids. Make sure that they get into factories. I know they can yeah. make foremen, you know, take care of my wife. Let her know where I am. Yeah. I also feel like it's because all the stuff he's been dealing with, he's probably like, yes, please put me out of my misery. And thank God it's you. Yeah. You know? That's kind of sad, dude. It was. I was like, wow. And he just stood there, right? And he had the gun to his head. And when you see him, he's just standing there, like, just kind of waiting, just peaceful, like, waiting. It's tired. He's holding his his jacket like this. He's just waiting. Yeah. Well, he called him, too. He was like, you know, I really appreciate this Sergeant Major. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. You could tell how close, like, if he was his squad leader or something. Like, yep. it's usually, like, those are the closest friends. Yeah. So then Tommy just goes, holds the gun up to his head, and boom. Blood splatters on Tommy's face. And Danny Danny just falls forward into this boat that's waiting on the canal, and the boat just takes him away. Yep, and then Tommy, like, nods at the Italians. The Italians nod back, and then business is done. Clean. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. And as soon as this happened, Tommy looks pretty distressed. So he goes, and he's back in their headquarters or whatever the hell, Mm -hmm. his office. And Arthur comes running in, and he goes... The fucking horse won, not realizing that Tommy just had to kill his friend. Yeah. And he's like, do you know what that means? What the fuck? The stupid horse. Like Arthur's pissed that this happened because he thinks they're going to just think we were, we're fixing the races. And, and Tommy, this is where he's just like, Jesus Christ, do I have to tell you how smart I am and how stupid you are? Yeah. Let me spell it out for you, you stupid motherfucker. Sure, these little ladies saw it and they won the money, but they talk. The next time, the entire all of Birmingham is going to be betting on us. And that's when we take the money. Well, he said three times. Oh, yeah. He goes, win, Boom, win, win. Then you take and then it. on the last time when literally everybody in the town is talking about how this foreshore horse is going to win and everybody bets, then we're going to say he's going to lose. Yeah. And Arthur is speechless. He because just sits there. Because he's like, holy there. fuck, this dude is right, actually. Yeah. So then Tommy is just like walking out of the office. It's coming closer to like the end of the show and yeah. like... Then all of a sudden we're in a cave or in a tunnel somewhere. It, well, it's the canals. So like the waters, they go under the city too. Like so uh, there's long periods where if you're in those, in the canals going around, you're going under underground for a while and it's dark. So that's why they always have those little lanterns and shit. Yeah. And there's the dude and there's, you know, that had Tommy's body. That's Charlie. Yeah. Because he's the one that Danny. also. 
Yeah. Danny's body. Sorry, I said Tommy's body. Yeah. But Charlie is also the guy who had told Tommy initially that he's a dumb fuck for not yep. wanting to get rid of those guns. Yep. So Charlie's he's a character. I don't exactly know what role he plays besides like moving shit around, but mm-hmm. like he's, he's gonna be somebody. Yeah, with them. he's yeah. someone. Because he's been in it a couple times and like he's always a point of contact. But so you see that Tommy didn't actually kill Danny. Yeah, he comes out of this little thing, this little like whatever that little area is inside their little boat comes out. He's, he's been washing his hands and you're like, whole I was like, Holy fuck. Yeah. He's like, uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, um, you know, Tommy has more use for you. He wants you to take care of some things in London for him. And he goes, uh, you're a peaky blinder now. I know when he, as soon as he said it, all I thought of was like that scene in Harry Potter where he's like, you're a wizard now, Harry. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to look at Devin and go, he's a fucking Peaky Blinder. I know. Oh my God. If I did that, he would have not stopped saying it all day long. And we have to go shopping after this. I can't. But. That's awesome. So. So that's it. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. one more scene where just Tommy and Grace share a look. Like she looks at him, he looks at her, and then he just kind of keeps walking. And that's the end of the first episode. Yeah. I loved it, dude. I it's, gotta tell you. It's so good, but there's so much that goes on in the show. Like it was only an hour long, but it was like a fucking it felt, it felt like a movie. Like, yeah, it felt like three hours long. Yeah. We're there's watching, a lot. It I just yeah. And every person has like a role to play. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I love it. And I love shows like that, that get this deep. Because again, it reminds me of kind of like The Sopranos uh, and how deep that was and all the different characters. And like, it becomes this thing where you have to start remembering all these different storylines that are happening with all these characters. Because at some points, they all kind of intersect here and there and interact with each other. So uh, yeah, I had been, my brother had been telling me to watch this for the longest time. My buddy Tre- uh, Trev told me to check it out for a while too. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And now I'm going to keep watching it for sure. Yeah. I liked it a lot. No, I do like it. I was kind of as I finished watching the first episode again for like the hundredth time, <laughs> I was doing my makeup and Dev was playing the second episode and I'm like running out and I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> uh, the one thing that threw me off the first time I heard it was modern music. Yeah. Because I was expecting like maybe like just the, the of the, the music of the times, like just maybe orchestral music score. But like at the beginning, that song Red Right Hand, that's yeah. a song by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, that's like in Scream. It's in like all kinds of movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like when I heard it for the show, I was like, whoa, it threw me off. I thought it was going to just be like period music. You know what I mean? But like when I watched it the second time around, I was fine. I was like, this is cool. I like it. Yeah, you know, no, it works. and I kind of liked it. I like that they had like that, his, Tommy's like background music or the yeah. Peaky Blinders background yeah, music or whatever yeah. it is because it sounds like it is more modern. I think it makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, I dug it. I loved it. This oh, was yeah. a cool show. No, it was a very good show and there's a whole lot going on. And I was like, Tommy can get it. We'll see. Tommy, Tommy's a badass. I can I think see it's, it. I think it's going to get crazier, dude. I think it's going to... Did you get to watch the second one yet? No. Okay, yeah. As soon as I watch the second one, I'm going to see if you have yet and see what you think. Okay. Um... Next episode, we're coming back with We Interrupt This Program. You've got a crazy... Dude, I told Darren that you have a crazy story that you said was going to blow my mind. Yeah. And now the fact that you say I need a safe word. It's It's a lot. The only time I typically need a safe word is if there's like harm coming to animals. Like I don't like stuff like that. But other than that, it's rare where I'm just like, oh, God, this is too much. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think you're going to be pretty disgusted. And it is... In, uh, well, I don't in, know. Fish. Albert Fish was a fucked up one, dude. Yeah, that one. It's not as bad as Albert Fish. I mean, it could be. It, I guess it depends on the level that you're going at. But it's in Austria. And you know how fucking. Oh, here you know we how go. the Germans go. Like, here we go. 
All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening, sticking it out, making sure to come back when we came back this week. We'll be back next week with We Interrupt This Episode or We Interrupt This we Program. Interrupt this pro- you Jesus. came up with the name, Chris. I never get it right, ever. Um, until then, make sure to hit up the social media, Instagram and Facebook, um, Tube Time Podcast or just Tube Time? Tube Time Podcast. Yeah, Tube Time Podcast. Um, until then, I'm Chris. I'm Courtney. We'll see you next time. It's the fucking Peaky Blind Us. <laughs>